It is going to be a good week, I guarantee it. AMs with AJ on VFX. I know it is. It's Monday morning. The weather's supposed to fluctuate. All that aside, it is going to be a good week. And you know why? Because finally, I think we can consider it's been spring, right? I would hope so on May 2nd. But finally, those jeans that I was holding on to for so long, thinking, oh, man, I'm going to lose the, well, let's be honest, 15 to 30 pounds probably to squeeze my way back in there. Probably a little bit more than that in all honesty. Those ones... Like a dozen pairs that were sitting in the closet, and I was the hopeful ones I can't get rid of. They're sitting in a trash bag right now, getting ready to go to the DI. Not only that, I worked through a couple hoodies because one thing I definitely collect it's t shirts and hoodies. A few of those in that same trash bag with a couple other things earmarked to also go. Now, now, to be fair, they're not in the trunk yet, they're not definitely not at the DI yet, but. They are out of the closet, and then they are at least set aside earmarked to go to the DI because the timeline is, well, it's a little bit wonky. You finally do it. Maybe it takes a week or two to get it in your car. Then it's in your car. kind of sits there for a couple months, but it eventually does make its way to the DI. But more important, it made its way out of the closet in that trash bag, and I know for sure I'm not going to go back and have second thoughts and then put them back in there. No. They are gone. It is going to be a good week. You can do so, too. I think this technically qualifies as a little bit of spring cleaning, which I've never really partaken in before. But it felt nice to do so. Mostly it felt nice to clear up some space because, you know, like once you settle in, you just accumulate stuff. And then you figure out places that you can put more stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just gets more and more filled. And then you tell yourself, well, you got to finally clean up. And hopefully you do. And then fingers crossed you don't go right back to accumulating more stuff and basically building your own walls of just junk around you that would insulate you but also suffocate you a little bit. Because, you know, you move from one place to another place, you get a bigger place, it just means you got more room to stuff more stuff. But it's going to be a good week. I did it. You can too. A wave of my stuff will make its way at some point. Can't guarantee when. Can't go that far. But at some point to the DI, it's going to be a good week. Speaking of clothes, I definitely catch some flack. Basic guy. Like to wear jeans. Like to wear hoodies. Like to wear athletic shorts. Comfortable guy. It's what I do. And I get, I get, I get some crap about it because, you know, it's not the nicest way. It's not the fanciest way to dress. Well, bad news for you. Like if you work in a setting where it is a little bit outside, you have a more casual dress code, and there's someone that goes above and beyond a dress fancy, they are not to be trusted. Mm, the tables have turned, have they? My slobs, my lazy dress. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just because you decide to dress a little bit more casually, a little bit more comfortably, does not mean anything about you. I tried to extenuate that. Frankly, they do say those that don't think about their clothing are generally more intelligent because you're just taking out another thing your brain has to think about day in and day out. Aims with AJ on VFX, and I don't want to go as far as to heap that on me. I'm just saying that's what they say. That being said, if you work in a place where the dress code may be a little bit more casual and you have someone who decides to, to dress fancy all the time, well, according to a new study, those people who show off their wealth and their social status in their clothing specifically seem to be less cooperative and willing to collaborate with others. In other words, they're not team players. As a part of this study, they had people look through various social media profiles, some where people promoted themselves as high class with luxury brands and other profiles where people were more modest and neutral. 
people in the experiment were more likely to want modest and neutral people to join their team and were more likely to discuss, dismiss the others. That said, if you're looking for a competitive team players as opposed to a cooperative team players, players were more select, would more likely select fancy dressers. So, competitive, fancy. Cooperative, not fancy. And that's a tough pill to swallow. Because I've often decided myself, described myself as someone who doesn't like to lose. But I would absolutely say that I'm very casual in terms of the dress. Like, again, jeans, athletic shorts, hoodies, all day, every day. Because to me, to me, first of all, just that kind of basic dresser. But second of all, it's comfortable. In this day and age, I think we've most, especially post-pandemic, right? Everybody's kind of moved into what's comfortable and let's leave all that behind, all those notions, because I'm going to just get the job done and I want to be most comfortable while I get the job done. That's how I operate. Doesn't mean that it always comes across the way. Doesn't mean that I always get my way in that. But I thought it was very interesting as someone who does maybe catch some crap. Not does, someone does. I do. Catch some crap for dress code. Team Blair, fancy clothes. I don't think you can accuse me of not being that. I'm definitely a team player. All I'm saying is score one for the hoodies. <laughs> While I'm clarifying things, uh, I don't want people to think that I hate kids because that's not the case. But late last week, it was National Take Your Kid to Work Day. And that sounds like an absolutely terrible idea. And I say this as someone who, growing up lower middle class, parents definitely took them to work because they had to. I get that. Now, would never do it. That being said... One of the things also that would be a problem with that is what if you just, you have a moment where it gets tough, you have a bad second, and you need to breathe. The kid, you can't just leave the kids. But more importantly, where would you go? What is your getaway spot? I feel like I should clarify. I don't want people thinking I hate kids. I just, I despise the notion that I have to take care of your kids. One of my least favorite things the first couple of years I was here in Utah before COVID, honestly. Aves with AJ at VFX. I would go places and it felt like people were just like, ah, we'll let our kids run free. I was at a restaurant. A kid kept interrupting my pool game because mom wasn't paying attention. I was at a football game and I kept getting kicked and stuff thrown at me. Parents weren't paying attention. Like that, not my responsibility to watch your kid. You brought your kid, you watch your kid. But we're talking about kids at work. Because yesterday was National Bring Your Kid to Work Day. And thus far on the poll today, Utah's VFX, everyone said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do it. Aims with AJ at VFX. And the other thing is, and this is compounding both of these issues. If you bring your kid to work and then you decide you need to step away for a second and you're just like, okay, I'm going to go wherever my secret hiding place is and I'm going to stay here and the kid will be here by himself. And then everybody's like, what's going on? Compounding the issues. But the truth of the matter is human beings get overwhelmed. It happens. But when it happens at work, are you able to get away or do you have some kind of coping place, a place where you just go and you maybe cry for a second or just catch your breath. Where is your hiding spot? Jen on the line. Jen, what what do you do? Yeah, when I need an escape, I go to the bathroom and I just sit there in the stall and play Wordle or look at TikTok or something. I mean, the girl next to me probably thinks I have IBS or something, but (laughs) I don't care. Sometimes you need a break. (laughs) You you kind of got to watch the clock a little bit. Yes, bathroom a good place to go to sit down. Pop squad, I'm good. I'm glad we're, we're past the part. We all squat and surf. We're there. Glad we all know that. But yeah, sit down for a second and just kind of wouldn't say I go in there and necessarily cry, but definitely go in there to just kind of take a second to kind of like like two different zones, right? It breaks the buffer zone of work where I can just kind of, okay, let's go back. Uh, also, on the 
Buffalo, Dustin. Dustin, what about you? You got to get away, de-stress, whatever, at work. What do you do? I usually head outside and take a walk around the block when I have to get away from the office. You know, it helps me calm down, and uh, it actually gives me a chance to see the outside world during the day. You know, actually, uh, yes. After talking about when the sun finally came out, we started to sort of trend towards spring and seasonal depression going away. Let's all just add that. Maybe just take a step outside for a second and then just a breath of fresh air. I mean, I know in Utah air quality, but you know what I mean. Actually, the funny thing is we have this little courtyard area here that I feel like would be a really cool place to be able to, you know, sit outside because it's like there's little benches, little some growth or whatever. And it looks nice. But the problem is there's windows next to the sales office. And then there's big windows down basically the main hallway of the building everyone travels. So I feel like it would kind of defeat the purpose if you were just going to go out there and you're like, I want to get away. But then all those eyeballs are on you and you're like, defeats the point, defeats the point. Because sometimes, I mean, do I have a specific place? No. I think it's interesting that I think a lot of people when they take personal phone calls move to the biggest room in the building, which is the conference room. I haven't quite sorted that one out yet because I'm like, every, and it's also right off, again, the main hallway, so everybody walks by it, but I think that's a weird thing that people do. But other than that, sometimes you just grit your teeth too, and you're like, I'm just getting everything done. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home, and then I'll be fine. But yes, let us all take a step outside occasionally to get a breath of fresh Utah inversion air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about that a lot this weekend, actually. How nice it was to have some rain, hopefully, to break that up. Actually, speaking of which, another place I would definitely add, not as the most secure place visually, but a place that it maybe if you just wanted a second to scream, car, right? Especially if you don't have to go very far to do so. Here, we're all on the first floor. Cars are out in the parking lot. Heck, you could drive back to the shed or just drive out for a second so you could yell or roll down the window or turn music up really loud. Frankly, I think a car would solve a lot of things. Except sheltering you when you are inebriated and look i don't know how necessarily police sort through how to pull over someone or determine ahead of time like i think that person's a dui but i think driving down some stairs near a police station that would probably do it right like we would all be like that something's not going well over there i think if you do things near or around police that are illegal, you're probably going to attract their attention. Seems like logical conclusion, right? In Florida, not today, not the case. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's Florida, not. Headline number one, a 69-year-old sheriff's volunteer, volunteer, was caught selling drugs out of a patrol vehicle in uniform. In uniform. Which, I got to be honest, who, who would buy that? Like, I'm not encouraged this whatsoever, but like, would you not think like this is a sting or no, this is too obvious to me a sting, but he's in uniform and in a police car? Like, really? Why? Why would you risk that? And headline number two, a woman, 26-year-old woman, was arrested for drunk driving the other night. Police were suspicious after she accidentally took her SUV down a set of stairs outside police headquarters. <laughs> yeah, I think that would do it. I, I think I would be like, yeah, that, right, uh, yeah, let's let's follow up on that. There's something, yeah, let's let's ch- <laughs> you do something near the police or even in a police car that is illegal. I think you're gonna get busted, and I think as as simply as that, we will leave that lesson for Florida not. Uh, call me crazy, but look, if I'm a criminal, 
who decides I'm going to buy some illegal substances. And I stumble upon a person in a cop vehicle who says, hey, man, you want to buy some illegal substances? I'm good. I'm like, you know what? This is a bad test. This is a bad test. And I, luckily, I can pass this one. A is with AJ on VFX. Is Florida or not? But someone decided, apparently, not just someone, multiple people decided that wasn't a test. Because the story number one, a 69-year-old sheriff, volunteer, sheriff's volunteer, excuse me, was caught selling drugs out of a patrol vehicle in uniform. What? Are you kidding me? The county started an investigation after talk got out that an officer was selling drugs and they happened to find some of those particular drugs, pills in this case, in one of the patrol vehicles. So then an undercover deputy busted him, which means a dude, a sheriff's volunteer, in uniform, in a cop car, sold drugs to someone that was a cop, undercover, who then busted him and now is facing a mandatory minimum of 15 years. My favorite thing is the actual sheriff said he's hotter than a bare butt on a tin roof in August right now. And uh, story number two, I don't know how else they decide. I think we've all seen some driving in our lives, right, that's been questionable. And you've thought, like, maybe I should call someone. And maybe you have just because you're like, I'm a little worried here. But a 26-year-old woman got arrested for drunk driving. And it was pretty suspicious when a uh, pair of photos showed up that she was driving her SUV down a set of stairs outside of a police headquarters. (laughs) She said she tried to claim she was following her, her GPS, but police said her excessive blood alcohol level probably had more to do with it. The GPS said to go this way. And I was like, I don't think so. But then I turned left and I was like, you got to go left. Do a U-turn. Do a U-turn. And I was like, okay, you're the boss. How? Like, obviously she's she's hammered. And that's the answer to how. But I cannot believe, like, how do you wander onto some stairs? At what point are you... Like, if, if everybody's driven down maybe a one-way road incorrectly once upon a time, and you're like, oh, crap, oops, and you try to get out of there as quick as possible because you just don't know the area. I don't think anybody's never known the area and then imagine, like, well, crap, I'm on I'm on some stairs. Well, you know, it just happens. <laughs> so all that being said, it's all stupid. I think the big thing we look at is the, the differentiator here is the age, right? 69 to, to 26 or whatever it was. So I think because of that, solely because of that, also I st- I think the stupidity that someone people were actually buying from someone in uniform in a cop car just seems like a great way, man, to get busted. Like it just seems so stupid. So I say we go with story number one. Correct. And we it is it is in Florida. <laughs> Either way, again the lesson is if you do something around police vehicles or police stations that's illegal, you're probably gonna get busted. Florida not on VFX. Speaking of illegal, so the new the new thing, right, is to hook your whatever it is, your utensils, your utensils. <laughs> can you imagine your utensils hooked to Wi-Fi? Your appliances and everything, make them all smart, right? Then you can control them and watch them as you're gone. And to this point, I've not heard too many crazy stories, except for the guy who decided to hook up his microwave and it nearly killed him. Who wouldn't want smart appliances? I mean, you could be away from home, be like, oh, man, turn on the the pressure cooker now because dinner's done because I'm a responsible adult and set everything up ahead of time. That's why it doesn't work for me because, like, it'd be great to be able to have, like, a smart dishwasher, but I also would have to unload the dishwasher and load it, in which case I would just run it right then. 
But that being said, I get it, right? It's cool to be able to check on the stuff, to make sure everything's going fine. If you do set it and leave, Abe's with AJ on VFX. And I, to this point, the people I know that have done it, I don't feel like I've run into any stories. A buddy of mine's all about it. The worst, the most annoying thing to him is the fact that all of us just try to use his Alexa to mess with his house anytime we can. But one YouTuber ran into an interesting encounter. He plugged his, he got his uh, uh, microwave set up as a smart appliance. And he was doing a video for the whole tri- whole time. And apparently growing up, he always had the microwave as kind of his imaginary friend, Magnetron. Whatever. Well, while he was doing all that and making a video about it, Magnetron was like, hey, I want to show you something cool. Get in the microwave. Because it didn't have a camera, couldn't see how big he is. So then the, the dude, the YouTuber, opened it, closed it, and said, all right, Magnetron, I'm in the microwave. And it turned on. It tried to kill him. So, I'm glad now I don't have any AI ones. I tell you, the microwave being a murderer does not surprise me. I'll tell you, the, the one appliance I feel like in your household that if you were to make smart that I feel like would be the first one to lead the robot revolt, I always felt like the, mic- the, uh, the toaster was like the chihuahua of appliances. It was tiny. There's not a whole lot you could do. Like, you could probably fit your fingers in there, but it'd be kind of easy to pull them out, sort of, even though it has the class... But it felt like the chihuahua of the appliances because it just felt like it would be overly aggressive. Like it would go out of its way and you'd be like, and you'd punt the thing and you'd have to be suspicious of everything else. But that one is the one I would think would be the most aggressive. The microwave doesn't surprise me. The one that would get me is the fridge because there's something about the fridge, probably because of its use, just feels so inviting. You almost kind of want to throw your arms around it and it would sucker me in. And the next thing you know, wham, I'm getting sucked into the, the freezer and it's over. That's the <laughs> it's the hierarchy of murder appliances, in case you were like, I don't, I don't know how to sort this out today. I got you. Ams with AJ, got you covered. <sighs> Speaking of just people you cannot trust, things you cannot trust, obviously those that show up in Park Narks. And both nominees today are in the way in, adver- in two different ways. Both of them are super annoying. But does one tick you off a little bit more? Or is it the one that absolutely is the major inconvenience? Is that just hands down the winner? Now, I will confess when it comes to these Park Narc nominees, there's one that it's in the way, no denying, Ames with AJ on VFX. It is in the way, but it's not as inconvenient at first glance, I think, as nominee number two. Let's be honest. So nominee number one, close enough, is someone at the bottom of, uh, what's that hill right there at the bottom of Utah State, who just decided halfway through parallel parking, that's good enough. So they're at the 45 degrees. It looks like actually they could have finished the job if they didn't cut it so sharp. I think there's more than enough room to do so. I can't see the curb in the video, so I'm pretty sure they're they're good because there's cars on both sides. But they just were like, not nah, close enough. I'm I'm pretty much here. So they're bo- they're beside the bike lane, but like that's not, bro, that's not how you do it. And and I think that's super obnoxious because it's not that hard. In fact, it looks like there's enough space. They could have just pulled into the spot from the front. Nominee number two. You're here for a minute, right? Is someone, an SUV, who decided to park directly behind someone's driveway. And yes, there is a vehicle in the driveway. Now, it does look like it's early evening. So maybe, just maybe, they're there for a get-together and that person's not going anywhere. Or maybe, even if they're not there for a get-together, that person's not going anywhere because it's early evening and they're kind of down for the night. But obviously, you shouldn't do that. 
And while, again, let me just make the case, I'm not voting until Friday, and I'm just laying it all out. While I make the case, yes, it's very easy to hate on number two. Maybe they're there. Maybe they're there. I hate that I'm being the park narc voters because you guys are so so polite. You are so nice. You're like, well, what about this? But come on. Like, nominee number one, it deserves its nomination solely for the fact that they had enough room to parallel park, and they quit. They just quit, and they got out and ran out. They were like 10 more seconds away because they didn't even do the pull forward part. There's enough space behind them. They could have just pulled backwards, got backwards far enough. It would have been cool. Would have been cool. Either way, both are in the way. Both are annoying. But which is the most annoying? I guess say you drive by on the street. or Because like if you put yourself in the car in the drive, it's your driveway. Of course, you're most annoyed. But we usually tell people, like, if you were to drive up and see it, what would you be upset about? Which one would upset you the most? So if you're driving down the road, which would stand out? And you might say, hey, look at that idiot. Which one is that one? Vote. It's pinned to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. Also on our Instagram, Utah's VFX. Which one is the most annoying? Speaking of being in vehicles, we were always told the same thing, right? That no matter what, you have to be in a vehicle or on some kind of wheels to go through the drive through how is it that no one figured out the complex solution to that, which was to go vroom, vroom? Well, not everyone has tried. Most have thought at some point about walking through a drive through because it's been late at night and you've wanted the food, but you weren't driving at that point in time. And if you have tried to do so, yes, my friends and I have, they scold you and say, you have to be a vehicle. There's no way around that, right? I can't magically transform myself into a vehicle. There's just no solution. Except to make motor noises. AMs with AJ on VFX. Tell me, in all of this, how did nobody else stumble across it? Or was it just the right night? There was a 32-year-old man, drunk off his butt, that was hungry in Scotland who wanted to get served at a McDonald's. He made room noises, and they served him. Now, maybe, just maybe, he made the best, maybe he made the best motor noises ever known to man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was the case. Maybe they felt bad for him. Or maybe, just maybe, after the pandemic, we're all a little bit more sensitive. And just be like, look, let's just get the dude some food. Who cares? He's just walking through our lobbies closed. But it just looks ridiculous that the 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 thing standing between me and maybe going and getting some McNuggets right now. Besides the car, it's no longer the car. It's me just going, hey, sorry, if I could just get some chicken nuggets. Like, really? That's it. And those were probably not great motor noises. I'm sure there's people out there who could judge that accordingly. No surprise, right? The guy who doesn't know cars can't make accurate motor noises. But I am beside myself because how did... There's no way this works. I'm just mad that it worked once. Because now that you've done it, now you're going to deal with it all the time. Literally, the thing standing between you and food in the drive-thru is just the noises. It's no longer the vehicle. It's just the noises because it worked in Scotland. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so normally, when it comes to vehicles, we have park narcs. Should they get ticketed? Absolutely. Absolutely they should. Would the dude get ticketed for walking through a, a drive through and making room noises? Probably not. Potentially. So what if we expanded this? What if uh, someone suggested as a way to maybe modify behavior there was a ticket system for that? To which I say, 
okay. I mean, my school, my elementary school did something similar. You had cards. It's like a bad game of soccer, honestly. We know that we can no longer, I was going to say hit kids, but it sounds too violent, right? There's no, there's no more spanking with kids. Like the belt was my mom's option when I was growing up. Not supposed to do that. And of course, when you're out in public, Ames with AJ on VFX, nobody wants their kids parented by anybody else. And you, you think about it, you're like, oh man, I wish somebody would say something to that kid, but, but you, you don't. I feel like you don't. So what's the solution? So I was reading, someone suggested that you have the, that should be the ability to give kids tickets for bad behavior. And like talking about infractions less than like actual crimes. Like you see a kid being overly loud or throwing things or whatever, that there should be a, a punishment system that involves giving them a ticket to kind of establish, hey, by the way, that's not a good idea. Now, I don't think there would be any fines or anything attached. It's more so just the embarrassment of like the, I guess the officer in this case or whoever being like, here you go. You're just being really, really obnoxious. And I was curious. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board. That seems to make it a little less personal. So you don't get less necessarily scolded though, man, if you had to do it by yourself, like if just everybody was handed out some tickets, be like, look, you can hand these out at your discretion. Still not going to go great when you're like, here, you're just being really obnoxious. That being said, the, the fundamental idea, tickets for bad kid behavior, good or bad. Kyle's online. Kyle, what do you think? Absolutely. I feel like kids get away with way too much these days. I right. think giving them tickets is a good way to just teach them lessons. Like there has to be a way to curb like some of these bad attitudes that are out there. I just, I think tickets sound like a good idea. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I t- So when I read this, it was not weird to me because in my elementary school, they had a system, the color system. So what it was is you had one of those pow- those little things that sat on like the closet, right? They had the little pouches where you could store stuff, but it was small. And everybody had a set of cards. And they went green, yellow, orange, red, blue were the levels. And if you got in trouble, you would flip the card. So everybody started on green. And if something happened, you'd move green to the back. And then it would be like yellow, for instance. And I, for the life of me, never felt like I got past ever yellow, if rarely yellow. But the only reason I know the order of the cards is because I had a little cousin who frequently would get in trouble and the cards would shift all the time for him. And obviously, like, yellow was a warning. You know, orange was like a conversation. If it came out enough times, it came to your parents. And if it got further than that, then they would send messages to parents and let them know, like, hey, by the way, they were at this level. And... It was the same idea, basically. Like, like it was a bad game of soccer, right? Going to the yellow card. Oh, you ain't listening. Now you at the orange one. So I was like, okay, I kind of get it. The school tried to implement that system. I don't think the system lasted very long, though, because I don't think the parents took it seriously. Like, I think at the end of the day, they were like, put them in detention or something. Like, come up with something as opposed to the warning system. Because I, I don't know what happened if you stacked enough of them up. I, I, I think my cousin got in trouble. Bond had to write lines or something like that. But I was like, okay, I, I'm on board. But an actual ticket that says, like, hey, by the way, you're not doing so good. I was like, okay, fair. Same thing. Online is uh, Serena. Serena, what do you think? This is ridiculous. I mean, schools should be able to handle the problems in tandem with their parents. It's the dumbest thing to get law enforcement involved with kids' misbehavior. What is that? I mean, I'm not surprised, though. I mean, the government is always looking for another way to make a buck. But, uh, you know, I think they can mind their own business on this one. Okay, I, I'm not, no, I don't think there should be any fines. I think it should just be the ceremonial thing of here's a ticket. <laughs> 
And I was thinking in public, but yeah, generally the school and parents should be able to, to work together, but like out in public is not a school's thing. No, I don't, for the record, I don't want the cops involved. Like they've got enough to deal with. They don't need to be dealing with unruly cops. I don't know how the system works. I'm just saying there should be a ticket system that should, I'm on, I'm on board with the fundamental ideas with this. I don't want the government involved in really raising my children. I don't either. No one's no one's wanting that. It's <laughs> went a bad way. Let's get out of this. Um, okay, so would you guys like to hear some uh, wedding drama? Because what happens when you get invited to a very good friend and a family member's wedding a week apart? A week apart. And you don't live near either of them. So one of my very good friends got engaged recently and has gone into planning the wedding and has set a date and all that. It's set for next year. And everyone's getting excited because, you know, it's, it becomes real. There's a date picked out, starting to talk about getting things set up, the bachelor party, all that. And so, you know, all things are good. Aims with AJ at VFX. It's the debated eight. But then what happens when you find out, oh, no, one of my good friends is getting married, but also a family member a week earlier is also getting married. Neither of them are near each other. I don't live next to either of them. I don't think I can do this. That happened in my friend group. A buddy of mine was all set to go. I honestly thought was up for potential groomsman position and found out that a cousin of his is getting married the week before our buddy and then was like, oh, what do I do? And I, I don't know what the decision's being made. But I was like, you, dude, like your cousin will be fine. Like come because not only is it obviously a very, I would say, good friend, and I'll get into more, that in a second, but it's a chance to see everyone because he lives in Oregon. Most everybody's still back in Indiana. We're all going to come because a bunch of us are going to be involved in the bridal party, so it's a logical choice. To me, also, it's the friend thing over the family. Like, the family, you know, it's tough, but, you know, sorry, I can't make it work. But, so, the guy who's getting married uh, made a group, and it was called Groomsmen. And the guy who can't make it, who informed me, said, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do because my cousins get married and i got to sort this out. He was not included. Now, I don't know if that's because he's unsure if he can make it and he doesn't want to put the pressure on him, which would be very respectable. Or, if that was going to be the decision the whole time, it was just going to be the three of us he included. And now, my the guy who's like, I'm not sure if I can make it because i got a family wedding to go to, is getting kind of butted out because he was like, maybe going to put him in. And he's like, well, he can't make it. No, no, no. You're going to go... You're invited still, but you're you're on the you're getting pushed to the outside here a little bit. And I was like, oh, because I thought for sure he was going to make the groomsmen cut because for, we knew the three of us that got in, we knew we were in. Like it's the it's as I described, it's the four of us. Like we're the best friends, so it's no surprise. Like all three of us, excuse me, all four of us are having each other at groomsmen. There's already been one. Three of us are groomsmen. None of us are best man. The, the only three of us, I think, and his brother for this one. One of us is going to be best man. And for me and for the guy that's not getting married, same thing. All going to be groomsmen. But I was like, oh, no. Did his, did my friend who's like, I'm not sure if I can come because my cousins get married. Did he get booted out of potential groomsmen consideration because he was like, I'm unsure if I could come? Because that would, that's that's a little bit cold, right? You just give him the, the dishonor of smack him on the hand punishment and just move him down the list, right? You make him last groomsman. I, I couldn't believe it. With all that being said, I 
and my friend that's getting married and everybody that's part of this friend group knows someone in the wedding business. And I was curious, who do you use for discounts? Because it's kind of nice to be on the other end of it. Because once I got into radio, everybody started hitting me up for stuff. But it's nice to have somebody on the other side. I'm not saying the only reason, and I definitely wouldn't say the main reason, but isn't part of the idea of building up your your social network in terms of your friends and stuff, so if you need a favor and they're in position to get a favor, you can have one. You know what I mean? Like discounts, like people work certain places. I know early on in jobs, that is absolutely the case. AMs with AJ on VFX, it's the debate at eight. Buddy of mine dated a girl who worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Guess who got free tokens? Shh, we're not supposed to tell anybody still. But yeah, another buddy of mine, his first job forever was working at a bowling alley. We got discounted games. Like, that's the whole reason. I'm not saying you become friends with anybody based off of that, but even in high school, I think there's still standards where you can be like, well, you know, I mean, even in college, like you make, I had a friend I, had a friend I stayed acquainted with. That sounds terrible. He was a nice enough guy. We were never super close in high school, but we, we were we were cool. And when we went to college, we stayed in the same town, and he worked at my favorite pizza place, and he was nice enough that he would give me discounts still, and we'd chit-chat. Like, that was what it was all about. And so, I ironically, I feel like I was never that person, so I had to live on the other side because there were plenty of people when I got involved in radio who were like, that's a cool job, but, like, I don't care. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then once I got into a position where I was in control of concert tickets, everybody was like, hey, man. Like, I kid you not. I kid you not. I had a parent, not going to say which one, but I had a parent that was, uh, they were supportive, but they were like, okay, whatever. And then I got put in charge of a country station at my first job. And all of a sudden I was in charge of all the tickets. I That same week, the same week I got the promotion and I was explaining the responsibilities of the job. They're like, hey, so, so-and-so's birthday's coming up. And if you could get tickets, that'd be pretty cool. It was like that fast. It was lovely. And the reason I thought of it is because uh, I have two friends that have gotten proposed, talking about my buddy getting married. And immediately, immediately, he is handling pretty much his entire tux order through our buddy that runs a tux shop. Uh, look, I love that guy to death. Yes, am I going to use him? Yeah, absolutely. My brothers use him. This guy's use him. The other guy's got proposed to use him. Like, we're all going to use him. But I was like, I was like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the connections that were for discounts have kind of fallen off there. I need to reestablish some decent ones because then you start getting into those full-time jobs. Like, and if you, you work at a bank. You have a friend that works at a bank. I start working in an office. Like, oh, well. I don't think you'll be able to hook me up with stocks or free money out of the vault here. So this has kind of gone the other way, but it's nice to know that there's still one that exists. And I was curious if you had anybody that you still were able to use for discounts. Cause I think once you get into those more big boy jobs kind of gets harder to do so, right? The debated eight on VMX, <laughs> all of this spotting from a little bit of, I'll say wedding gossip, not wedding drama. It's more wedding gossip than anything. But of course, to get to the wedding, you have to find someone you kind of like. Isn't that generally the idea? You find someone you like that you can spend the rest of your life with. Except apparently now, finding someone you catch feelings for, feelings for is bad. Like, I think it was a joke, but the whole idea in a vacuum, even the joke, I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is not good, guys. Joke or not, can we examine the statement in a, in a vacuum? Oh no, I caught feelings. This is the worst because I have a friend. James with AJ at VFX that makes that joke. Look, they, they tread through several relationships, a quarter, can I say a quarter, 
And it's the same thing each time. Like they they try to play the the staunch, like oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out and play the game because nobody wants to admit they have feelings first. I remember being young. You play the game of chicken, and then it's the same thing every time. Hey Joe, no, I caught feelings. It's terrible. And while partially a joke, in a vacuum, I'm like, okay, can we examine that for a second? Because either a don't date, that'll solve that problem, or b what acknowledge the purpose that you're getting into this for? Like, it's not actually bad, right? Michael's on the line. Mike already <laughs> jumping in. Michael, what do you think? Isn't that the whole purpose of dating? To catch yeah. feelings? Why would you continue to date someone who you don't have feelings for? Catching feelings is a good thing. Don't be afraid of it. Trust me, Michael. I'm here rubbing my eyes. Though, that being said, having you say it out loud, okay, let, yeah, let's, we're not going to acknowledge. We will just say that there are people who aren't in dating for catching feelings. But overall, yes, what Michael said, the whole idea generally, right, is to find someone who you like a whole lot, who you kind of want to spend a lot of time with, and then, you know, you spend a lot of time with. Generally, I feel like that's the overarching purpose of dating with some roadblocks and lessons learned and stupidity along the way. Most people have to get kicked in the teeth a few times, if not a several dozen, along the way before they finally figure a couple things out. We can also acknowledge that. But, like, it's just, it's one of those things where if you have, like, siblings, I imagine how parents feel, but if you have younger siblings, I mean, like, a good chunk younger, growing up, you went through stupid stuff, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, my parents are right about the advice. And then you see your siblings go through it, and you want to give them advice, and they act the same way you did at that age. You're like, you know what you're talking about. And so you have to watch them crash and burn so they can learn it themselves. It's like that. Like, I get it. I understand because I was there. But also, like, there's so many steps you can skip to just get to the parts that are way better and save yourself time. But nobody wants to do that because everybody wants to do it their own way and thinks they know better. Like, it's like watching that train wreck. But but, but still, what are you in it for then? On the line, Deandra. Okay, catching feelings. Bad, right? We No, it's not. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Once you catch feelings, <laughs> it isn't even fun anymore. Most of the guys out there aren't looking for anything serious, so you're just setting yourself up for heartbreak. Okay, on behalf of guys, I'm going to take a little bit of offense there. Like, it's, uh, it's probably majority. Uh, the percentage is higher, excuse me, for fellas that are not necessarily going for the right ways than women, but it's not just dudes. Second of all, Lesson that I look, I I think this lesson is applicable to me. So I think that I can definitely criticize those across the board. If you find yourself in the same situation over and over again, at some point, the common denominator is you. So you kind of got to reevaluate that, right? I'm not saying that if you end up dating a bunch of guys that cheat, that it's just you cause them to do so. But at some point, you ought to look in the mirror, maybe just a little bit, if it keeps not working out. Right? Can we be honest about that? <laughs> what All this makes me land on is after having the after show last week, I think it was two specifically, where I talked to Mima and producer Butters about dating, and all I, I, was, I just left with that, oh, child, I'm so sorry. Condolences if you're still in the dating pool. It will eventually work out. I have sympathy for you. It's not a great time a lot of the time, but you'll figure it out. I promise. <laughs> catching feelings, though, is not a bad thing. Just don't go over the top. It was never about catching feelings. Always a rush for me to get to that. It was always about waiting to the right moment to actually express them as opposed to just vomiting all over them what I'm feeling and scaring them away. That's the part where you got to <gasps> take a deep breath. With all that, it's exhausting. This is all exhausting. We're all tired. It's Monday. It's nap time. Do you have a set nap time? Which sounds ridiculous to ask an adult, even though everyone would be like, yeah, put me on board. 
Well, maybe you have one. Is there a consistent time you find yourself grabbing a couple extra Zs? You know, the funny thing is, I think if we were told that we had a designated nap time from somebody, we'd have the same reaction that toddlers had. Be like, you can't tell me what to... No, no, I'm not going to nap. Specifically because you told me to. Ames with AJ on VFX. But if you were told you were allowed to have nap time, I think for sure you'd be like, joke's on you, gone. (laughs) My question is... A friend of a friend, and I normally write that starts out a story that's fake, but I mean, who's lying about a nap time? Though, I guess it's a little bit braggadocious, but a friend of a friend apparently works early as I do and goes to bed at 6.30. 6.30. And I was like, that's responsible, like commendable, first of all. Kudos. That is extremely commendable to go to bed at 6.30 and get up at 4.30, I believe is what their sleep schedule is. But man, even though nothing happens on a regular in my life, I would still feel like I'm missing so much. And it, I just don't think I could ever get my body used to sleeping that yeah, early. Because I think for people that work, well, maybe not my just my hours, but I know in my field, I think naps are key. So I was thinking about, I was like, okay, do I have a designated nap space that maybe I haven't thought about it, but I've kind of assigned to myself? And the truth of the matter is, over the last couple months, yeah, it's kind of about noon, noon 30-ish, till about... 233-ish, if I can get away with it. Now, I got something going on in the afternoon. Generally, I don't pass out. But, like, yeah, naps are crucial, and that's kind of my designated nap time. Monday through Friday, noon noon, noon to 1230-ish, I'm down. You can probably count on me being asleep. For Ashley, it's the other way around. So she works all. There's no time for her to take a nap during the week. Weekend, it's the same time. She will pe- usually pass out. Saturday is a little bit later, but usually early afternoon Saturday I would say about two ish Sunday about one ish but hit or miss about every weekend usually down designated nap time and so am I happy about it ultimately it's a makeup for I think a a decision that I know I should go to bed earlier and there's there was like a a one and a half week stretch for a while that I did it and then I was like ah lol that's the worst not going to do that anymore I'd rather be miserable when I wake up in the morning because I got four hours of sleep so I keep doing that but naps man they keep you going and I'm not telling you you have one I'm just curious if you have one that you realize consistently you kind of have worked that schedule out in the day so if there's nothing else really going on nothing outside of your normal routine down Utah's VFX on our Facebook page is the poll of the day Find out when everybody's sleeping, which kind of actually seems like a low-key low villain move to be like, oh, well, excellent. Now I know when everybody's not awake. VFX's Facebook roulette, to, just a continued sign of an effort to try and make it so that Utah's VFX on Facebook is not some place where you go, or excuse me, can be some place that you go when you are on social media like, oh my gosh, another opinion. I don't care. Shut up. Stop shouting at the internet. AJ Knight, Utah's VFX, find at us all across social media. I let on the perks of being a fangirl. Says, you know how the anglerfish dangles those lights to entice their tiny little victims to come forward? That's us in the moon. And someone responded, I think this is a, a Tumblr post, genuinely hate that this implies that the moon is a dangly bit from a deep sea space predator. And someone said, else replied, there are worse ways to go. It's true. Did you anybody else see that video? I saw it on Twitter first, and then I saw it on TikTok. Where somebody was like, this is the moon at the North Pole. And it happens in 15 seconds. And the moon like comes up from the horizon and just goes across, blocks out the sun for a second. It goes down. And admittedly, there was a second I was like, that is so cool. And I was like, that's not real. Like, the moon can't be that close. Also, the North Pole would not be green, which it is in that video. But the point of the matter is it went viral because I was like, whoa. 
know. So, yeah, I do think if it was the end of a dangler fish, I absolutely would get eaten because I'd be like, whoa, the moon, it's so pretty. <laughs> the, <laughs> the AJ Knight, Utah's VFX fine ad, both of us, across all social media, Utah's VFX especially, uh, because we've got the after show coming up, and I think we'll definitely get into what appliances we think are most likely to murder us in our house. That'll be at about 10.30. It'll be on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Utah's VFX across the board. Same for all our social media. I mean, you Google it, you'll find just about anything we do, just like the podcast, Utah's VFX. Um, Other than that, get everything done. Like, you have my blessing to just kind of call it an early day because the weather's going to be kind of lousy tonight. So, like, watch your favorite show, sports, whatever it is. It's a good time to break down whatever's on the DVR. And until tomorrow morning, for AMs with AJ at VFX, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening.